This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And it's with heavy heart that I have to say this is the last Dimland Radio in this composition notebook. Ah, had you go in there for a second, didn't I? You see, each show takes up about two pages of a high school or college composition notebook. You know those things that you, that you pick up for school or for your kids for school. You know them. You know they. I don't know how many pages are total in here. Like oh, it's a hundred sheets or so. But uh, two pages for each episode of Dimland Radio. It's noted uh, with stuff uh, of of what I'm going to talk about and uh, um, you know and I. I refer to it as I do the show uh, so that I don't lose my place. And I make little notes in here if I remember to do so anyway. I make little notes as to what I talked about first and second and third. I jumble them around sometimes. It's just what I do. So I've gotten to the end of this of this composition notebook. And let's see. Uh, the first show in here was uh, May 1st, 2021. Show number 496. 496. This is show number 594. So, that's pretty good, huh? That's like 100 shows, almost. So, and it's uh, January 27, 2024. That's, that's uh, you know, more than two years worth of uh, stuff, going, you know, shows going on here. Um, yeah, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, this this composition notebook has seen a lot of things. I don't know how it doesn't have eyes, but it's seen a lot of things, uh, and it's got it's pretty worn in too. You know. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that's the end of this composition notebook. I'll I have another one at home somewhere if I can dig it out. I'll have one. I'll get one. Anyway, give me my money. Give me my money. Um. I don't know how much of this story you guys know. I may have said something about it. I didn't see anything in my show notes that I'd written about it, but uh, maybe I talked about it off the cuff. Anyway, um, if I've told some of this story, you're going to hear it again. Sorry. As longtime listeners are aware, uh, we, my, um, both of my parents have died. Uh, my father died last October. And uh, prior to that, for a couple of months, Amy and I had moved into his house to help keep him in his house. And so the decision was, we're going to sell our house, we're going to live with Dad, we're going to help take care of him, keep him in his house as long as possible, and then when the time comes, we inherit the house. And this was agreed upon by, with my dad and my siblings. All of them agreed that that's fine, that works out just fine. And, uh, you know, and then when other things happen, you know, like my, my parents had a trust that my older brother, Bob, is the trustee. Uh, he's taking care of that. When that gets all ready to liquidate and disperse the inheritance, um, you know, Amy and I will get an equal share as that. So we're not, you know, everybody's on, everybody's in agreement with what's going on. And that's pretty good because sometimes you get like these family disputes when, a, when, a, when parents die. And there's money to be had. Sometimes there's uh, siblings will say, wait a minute, I should get this. Or, you know, we've been pretty good with each other as how, you know, this is, yep, that works, this works. Uh, in fact, uh, my, my, uh, we all agreed that uh, my younger brother Steve should get the car. Uh, Mom and Dad had a car. Amy and I don't have, uh, you know, we, two cars would be nice. 
but since we both work together, it's not quite as essential. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows, down the road when we have some more money, maybe. But uh, as it is, we figured it'd be best for, you know, that's fine. Steve can have the car because he, he has use, he has need for it. So we've, you know, and then and he too will have equal shares of whatever's left over. So anyway, so there's that. But uh, last December, toward the end, uh, toward the end of December, my older brother had asked me. Um, you know, he said that he'd been looking for uh, life insurance uh, paperwork that my parents had. He knows Dad told him he had policies, but he could not. My brother could not find the paperwork. So he said, you know, if you and Amy run across any paperwork from from this particular insurance company, let me know because uh, we gotta we gotta look into uh, the life insurance policies. So uh, it, we didn't run into it, but as it turned out, within a day or two, I got a letter addressed to me from this insurance company uh, um, acknowledging that they had learned that, uh, that, uh, that our father had died and that uh, letting us know that there are policies, not just one, there are policies um, with benefits to be dispersed, and it, the letter was, was requesting assistance in getting the beneficiaries together, you know, to call in and, and, uh, and uh, get the process going. So I made sure that my older brother got that letter. Uh, he called in first just to, you know, find out what information we were going to need to give, and then uh, he dispersed that to us. And so uh, my younger brother called in. This was on January 3rd. My younger brother called in earlier in the day. I called in later in the day and gave information. Both he and I uh, opted for direct deposit of the funds rather than sending a check. We just, we figured, let's go direct deposit. So that means we gave our banking account or credit union account, as the case may be, uh, information to this insurance company. Uh, a couple days later, it would have been a Friday, uh, my sister was going to call in for hers, and she got very um, reluctant. She got she, Something smelled to her like this is a scam. And she started saying, oh, are we sure this isn't a scam? Let me look into this, make sure that this, this isn't. Uh, my, bro- my younger brother and I were both saying, well, we're pretty sure it's not. Um, and then he and I were talking to each other separately from our, our sibling group text. Uh, he and I talked on the phone while this while our sister was checking into things and he, he said that uh, he said well I've done a reverse Google search on the phone number and it goes to that insurance company uh, you called them back you know he says you call back a number to a scam they're not answering uh, in, in you know maybe not in all cases but in most cases boom they, once they got the information they need for you they're gone and and then I then I said to him says yeah and my checking account still has plenty of money, or at least has money. <laughs> it hasn't been cleared out. It doesn't have plenty of money. It at least has money. So I, so we were pretty sure it wasn't a scam. But that's not a bad thought. Run it down. Make sure everything's legit before you start giving off information. Uh, it, it, and it all seemed legit to me. But you know. Maybe I didn't do as as diligent uh, 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 as due diligence of my diligence uh, as a skeptic as I should have. But uh, anyway, but it turned. To, my sister texted back to everybody after a little bit and said, "Sorry to cause any undue stress. This is legit." Uh, you know, she ta- she called the company direct and followed that line of inquiry. So, okay. Now, when I called in, I was told that the funds would be deposited in 10 to 15 business days. I said, okay, great. You know, all right, that's fine. And that Friday thing happened, you know, the two days after I called in initially, and that happened. So I thought, you know, I'm going to call them too, just to check on the status of the claim. See if the phone, see if you can call back in. And I could. I got a different customer service person, but, you know, uh, um, or a claims service person. And they went through everything. Says, "Yep, you should." Uh, and then at this point, they said, "I should see the money by Monday, the following Monday." Okay. So now I'm not going to go through the whole, the whole month. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm going to. I'll say that because Amy and I are selling our house, and we're living in. You know, we're taking over my parents' house. 
we're seeing some expenses coming up from my parents' house and, and the fact that we're still having to pay mortgage at our house, which we still own, which we are you know, trying to sell, uh, you know, I'm seeing like, geez, money is going to be really tight. And we didn't know exactly how much money was available from the beginning. Uh, and it's not, you know, for the whole amount is not, mil, you know, a million dollars or we're not splitting a million dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. But, you know, and and individually, we're not getting tens of thousands of dollars, but we are getting a fair chunk of money. And that chunk of money would be very helpful in dealing with this transition, you know, the, uh, the stopgap to hold us over until we get our house sold. So, you know, so... I'm a little more anxious about getting that money. So, okay, okay, we need to get that money because eventually what we have in our savings and what we have in our checking account isn't going to be enough, right? So, um, so when I'm told that the following Monday the money would be there, I, I was delighted, but then, of course, it wasn't. But the Thursday after that, this is, a, this is one week and a day after my younger brother and I had called in, my younger brother sends me a, te uh, uh, a text saying, I just got an email from that insurance company telling me about the dispersals of the, of the payments because there's five policies that uh, my parents had. So each, each policy dispersal has its own email. And then, and then later on, he said, I got the money. So he got it. He said, check your email. I checked my email. Nothing. And it was nothing for after that. I mean, I called back in one other time just to make sure they had the right checking account number. Was told that it'll be a couple of days, maybe a week. And so then it got to this this week. Still, you know, it got past that couple of days or a week. So it gets to this week, this past Monday. This is Saturday that I'm recording the show. This past Monday, um, Amy convinced me what called them again. And I said, well, you know, technically we're still in that 10 to 15 day business, you know, 10 to, 10 to 15 business day window. We're still in that. But then I thought, you know, you're right. I'm going to call in. I'm going to find out what's going on. So, uh, so I called in and they said, your, your payment dispersal is set for Thursday, which would have been, you know, two days prior to my recording of this. All right. It's all going to be set up and ready. I said, great, that sounds great. Couldn't be better. Tuesday, in the mail, we got a letter addressed to me. That same letter that we got the month before from that same, you know, from that insurance company saying, we've learned that your father has died and that there are life insurance, you know, benefits to be claimed. Can you help us find? It was the same letter. And not only did I get it, but my sister got it because before I even said anything in the chat with the with the group, Nancy popped in saying, "I just got a letter about, you know, the benefits thing," and then I said, "I got one too." A little bit later, my younger brother Steve, he said the same thing. I got one too, <laughs> and my older brother said, well, "Okay, Jim's gotten two letters, Nancy got one, Steve's already been paid out." Uh, you know, my, you know, Bob says, I, I haven't gotten a letter yet, but the day's young. I'm going to call tomorrow and see what's going on. So the next day, he had called in. He sends a text out. Now, this is Wednesday. He sends a text and says, uh, the money's coming. Nancy and Jim and I, this is my brother Bob saying this, will all be getting a check in three to five days. And I saw that... <laughs> And I said, what the fuck? A check? I'm supposed to get direct deposit. Three to five days? Come on. And I said, I told this to Amy. She, she looked, I showed it to Amy. She said, what the fuck? <laughs> so, okay, great. All right, I guess that's what's going to happen. Fine. You know, and it's, and it's, I'm telling you, every day. Since, it, I, it, since I was the first told that the money would be there which was that Monday after I had called it in, I'm checking to see if the money's there. Nope, we're still poor. Nope, we're still poor. Every day, still poor, still poor. No emails. Well, Thursday, got up in the morning, checked my email, and there were five emails from the company in there. All saying, we are delighted to let you know that your claim has been approved and that payment will be coming 
um, and it said uh, you can you know here's the PDF that you can open but they they you needed a password which they let me know how to do the password thing and and then you can check out you know the details of the disbursement how much is it going to be you know that kind of stuff so um, I just did it with one and and I'm looking through and I'm seeing the amount that's going to be dispersed okay good and then I start reading in there and it says uh, it will be deposited electronically and you should see payment in three to five days <laughs> I read that <laughs> and Amy was sitting at the table with me when I read it and I just started laughing and I told her about it and it's like we gotta wait another three to five days <sighs> yesterday morning Friday got up opened up the you know opened up the credit union account to see if we were still poor and in there were five payments. The money came in. Oh. <laughs> a breath of fresh air. I, no, it was an, it, it, able to exhale for a little bit. I'm telling you, so it's, I, I, I know that buying and selling houses is stressful. Uh, and buying the house when we did, um, you know, uh, Monday, this coming Monday, the 29th will be 23 years that since Amy and I bought the house that we are now selling 23 years and it, it's and it's I remember back then the, the stress of that uh, getting it done although it was done very quickly I'm not going to get the whole story but we we from deciding to look for a house and closing on the house took two and a half weeks that's how quick it was so anyway so the stress of this was, okay, we're going to sell the house. Well, we've got to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. So there's, you know, thrift company coming out twice to take two truckloads of stuff away, giving stuff to uh, the new neighbor next door to us, uh, you know, uh, and then throwing stuff away, the whole drama with the dumpster and, and going with the got junk people instead and, and, and just, you know, all this stuff having to be done. Getting the exterior of the house uh, fixed up so that it's, you know, the, the rotted wood is all, you know, replaced and, and all getting all that stuff taken care of. Get, just, and, then, and then getting the exterior all painted and then getting the stuff going on inside the house all taken care of, get it cleaned. And, and, and then the painting a, a room and, and repainting some hallways and then the other rooms and getting all that taken care of. It's just, you know, it's just one stress to the next stress. Okay, that's done. Okay, breathe. Oh, we got to do this. Okay, that's done. Okay, breathe. Oh, we got to do this. You know, it's just this. That's what's been happening since. Uh, you know, and and it gets tough. And then, but this waiting for that money. Got we have the money now, so now it's okay. All right, all right, we can breathe a little bit. But then the next stress was, uh, well, there's this. We got an offer on our house. I will tell you more about that. When I get back from this break, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Sims. I'm looking at the music and we're playing these bumpers. Did I play the same ones last week? I did not. Did I? I did not. I did not. Good. I did change them out. Anyway, I'm going to take my break. I'll be back uh, pretty soon. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy.
He knows a lot about the science stuff, Professor Dave explains. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Yes, we got an offer on the house. Uh, it was Sunday night. I got a text from our realtor asking a weird question. How late do you stay up? Uh, and, uh, and then I found out that it was, he was asking that because uh, he had an offer coming. He says, uh, I'm going to be getting an offer, and uh, what I'm going to do is once once I get the offer, I'm going to look it over, review it, and then I'm going to write an email uh, and send it to you and Amy. It'll summarize what the offer is, and then uh, we can talk. So, um, the, you know, so Amy and I sat on pins and needles for a while waiting for that email. The email showed up. We looked through it. They came, the offer was for less than what we were asking for, not, not insultingly less, but, you know, it was a good offer. And there were some other things that kind of were enticing in there that uh, sort of offset the under the, the, uh, under the asking price uh, offer. And, uh, and he even said, you know, uh, in his email, he says, this is a good offer. Um, you know, so we chatted, we texted back and forth a few things. And, I, and, I, and we said that, well, you know, we do have two showings yet this week. I mean, it says, how long do we, you know, uh, hang on before we answer? And he said, well, we don't want to go too long. We don't want to let an offer sit for too long. So he, he said, uh, well, let's see, there was a showing for Monday and a showing for Tuesday. He said, let me see if I can get the Tuesday showing rescheduled for Monday. And then we'll see what happens after that. And we'll let the people that are t- showing, you know, that are seeing the house, let them know beforehand there is an offer. So you can either cancel out or you can take a look at the house and see if maybe you want to make an offer. And, uh, and he said his, uh, his broker, who was his boss, uh, had, had another person that he w- wanted to see the house and he was bringing him in that Monday. So we ended up having three, I think, showings that day. And, um, uh, and then I got, uh, we got a text saying, uh, we've got another offer coming. Hold tight. I'm going to review it. I'm going to write up the email and send that off to you. And then we'll talk. So Amy and I are now, ooh, a second offer. So we're getting, you know, again, pins and needles. We get the email. This time the offer came in, uh, the second offer came in at uh, our asking price. Uh, and and there was, you know, a couple other aspects to it that still. And it was, you know, so the one offer was good. This one was better. So we got on the phone, we talked to our realtor and said, yep, this is the offer we want to take. Let's go. So the process is in process. Okay, so we had the stress of the money getting there. Well, that got relieved. That gets replaced by the stress of there's an appraisal to be done on the house. The appraisal is done by the, you know, by the lender of the money you know, to whoever's buying the house. So that was that took place Thursday, uh, and so we, you know, if and, and and our realtor explained to us if the appraisal comes in at what we're asking for or over, good. If it comes in for under what we're asking for, then we might have to negotiate with the person to come up with uh, you know a price that's good for both. So you know, so now there's that stress. How's the appraisal going to come in? Well, <laughs> last night. Got the call from the realtor and he said, good news, the appraisal came in and it's good. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what it was appraised at. He's just told 
The appraiser is good. It's it, you know it's at least what we're asking for the house. So that's the next step. So we have a date where Amy and I are going to go in and sign paperwork with the title company, and then hopefully everything still goes on track and there's a closing on the 19th of February. So let's hope that works. I'll keep you posted. There is one thing that did come up though. Uh, we have a leaky water shutoff water shutoff valve in the basement. So uh, a realtor said, let's, let's have a plumber come out and see what that would cost to fix. And if we're in, you know, you know, what kind of, you know, how soon should we get it fixed? Because we don't want a completely wet basement, you know, or flooded basement because of, the, of it breaking. Had the plumber come out yesterday, says it's a, you know, have to have the city turn off the water on the house. But it's, you know, it should be able to get done on Monday. It's not all that much money, considering, especially since we got this hunk of money to help us take care of things so i'm good with getting that fixed for the new people that'll be great i have no idea how long that leak had been there no idea it was pointed out to us in the truth and housing inspection and i was like oh really okay uh so anyway uh we'll get that taken care of and uh i guess the final walkthrough is going to be on uh the day after the plumbing is supposed to be done which is, I guess, Monday was the plumbing. Tuesday would be the final walkthrough. Hopefully, we'll have the plumbing done before then. And they'll, and that they, when they do the walkthrough, they'll see, hey, look, this got fixed up for you. Isn't that nice? They fixed that up for you. You don't have to worry about that expense. So, so that's the <laughs> that's the fun of what of what we're going through. So it's 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 it could be worse. <sighs> So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, we're being very calm about it as far as having the offer and accepted the offer and seeing how things go. Things can change. Uh, my realtor said, don't start counting your pennies until until everything's done, until the last bit of paperwork is signed. Because you never know. They could back away. It could happen. So let's, you know, I'd say fingers crossed, but all that does is hurt your fingers. All right, what have I got here? Oh, yeah, you know, I have to bring this up. I haven't talked about Peerless Loser since, well, since last week. <laughs> Peerless Loser uh, has lost again. Oh, has he lost again? E. Jean Carroll, in her uh, a lawsuit against the former president, who thinks he should have immunity. I know, i got to stress this again. I know I mentioned it last week in passing. He thinks he should have immunity. Presidential immunity. Every president should have immunity. Otherwise, as soon as they leave office, they'll be arrested by the, the opposing party. Because, you know, there have been 43 men who were president prior to peerless loser. 43. I know, I know. You're saying he's the 44th president or the 45th president. There should have been 44 men who were president before him. No, there were 44 presidents before him, but one of those presidents served non-consecutive terms. Uh, Grover Cleveland. I don't know what years was his first. He did one term, did, lost re-election, and ran again, and won that re-election and served that term. So 43 men have been president, and they're men, no women. And but there have been 44 presidents. That's how it or prior to to uh, you know Hitler wannabe. Well, he's more like a Mussolini, Mussolini wannabe, uh, the peerless loser that we have. Anyway, uh, he uh, he the case that uh, that was going on in the trial with Eugene Carroll, uh, the most recent one, the one that just came to a conclusion. Uh, that was just, he was already, the jury was told, look, the, the, this, that, this dipshit here has already been found liable. He's already been fly, found liable for defamation and for sexual assault of Eugene Carroll. He, that's our, that part's already taken care of. What we're doing here is determining what kind of punishment this guy's going to get. And we found out $83.3 million is slapped on that guy. And he got up and walked out during the closing arguments, and the judge said, uh, let it be, uh, you know, let the record reflect that the uh, defendant has, you know, has left the courtroom. It's just this big goddamn baby. I don't know how people still support him. I have no idea. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I have a cousin. He's a good guy. He's just all up in Trump's ass. He is just, he's just like, oh, he was so thrilled when Trump won Iowa. 
Now, I'm sure he was thrilled when he won in New Hampshire, although Trump wasn't thrilled when he won New Hampshire. He was making it sound like he lost to Nikki Haley. Because she she got a much bigger chunk than was expected. She got a lot of the independents voting for her. And it's, it's you know, I... I'm still. I still have to think that there's no way Peerless Loser is going to be elected. You know, it's just no way, and he might not even be able to run. And there are there. It's like 60% of Republicans, or like 63% of Republicans, in some poll somewhere, had said that you know if he's convicted, they won't vote for him. He, he's he's got trouble, and I guess March is going to be a big, dangerous month for him. He's going to get convicted of something. Chris Christie has been talking. He's going to get convicted. There's going to be a conviction. He's got 91 counts against him. He's got four or 91, yeah, is that counts. And four, he's charged with, or nine, I don't know how it works out. There's four cases, 91 things. Something's going to stick. And hopefully a lot of it. And he certainly isn't going to be granted immunity. The whole immunity thing, again, it's just like none of the 43 men prior to him were arrested once they left office, Nixon might have gotten close. He would he was he was close, but Ford pardoned him. So it's just, you know, he's, he, presidential immunity. As I said before, you know what? If the president can do anything he wants, I mean, could you imagine I, this this scenario? It's not you know if 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 peerless loser somehow steals the White House. Because the only way he'll win is if it's rigged. And if he steals the White House and on Inauguration Day, you know, Joe Biden is an adult enough, he'll be there. And so Donald will come out, he'll pull a gun out, shoot Biden in the head, and say, what are you going to do? I got immunity, if that happens. If he gets the immunity. Then what would stop him? I got immunity. You know, and they'll say, "Well, we can impeach you. We can impeach you, and then convict you for that." Oh yeah, what what representative in the House of Representatives is going to st- introduce articles of impeachment? Because <laughs> I've got SEAL Team Six to go take care of that person. See what I mean? Anyway, so I know that's treading some stuff there, but and one of the things this is so telling about the people who support him. I'll get back to my cousin in a second. This is so telling about some of the pe- some of the people who support and some of the real off the deep end mega types. Is that the judge told the jury? He advised them not to disclose that they served on that jury. Because E. Jean Carroll got all kinds of death threats because of you know daring to accuse dear leader of of you know of wrongdoing. Just think what the jury is going to get here. And I'm sure other juries that are going to be hearing his cases going forward, they're going to get, they might get the same admonishment when those things come to an end, especially if they find against Peerless Loser. And that's, that's chilling. But the thing I was going to say about my cousin, again, nice guy, cares for his family, loves his kid, kids, his dog, you know, He's, you know, a decent man, hard-working guy, blue-collar guy. This is the, he's one of the snookered working class that think that, that this asswipe cares about them. He's, one, he's, he's completely snookered. And, and he's, you know, he was excited when Trump won Iowa, excited when he won New Hampshire. And that it, I was talking last week with the, one of the fellows here at the comic book store about this this rambling speech that Trump made recently and I was watching some of it and the things he was saying I I said I want to bring my cousin over and I want to watch that and I want to, to tell my ask my cousin point to it and say I want you to explain to me what the hell he's saying do you understand anything he's talking you know, Trump was just going from you know one thing to the next uh, you know just this grievance bullshit that he's always going on about and it's so important, and it's never been done before, and it's terrible, it's a witch hunt, but, you know, and all this other bullshit, but it's just this rambling, how th- one thing connects to the other, I don't know. And I just, and I, it just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Please, Mega, explain what he's saying to me. And I don't know if they'd be able to. The man is incoherent. And I found an article... It, at where we work, uh, there's uh, um, uh, we're doing some 
reconsolidation of stuff. Uh, you know, this is my day job, my regular job at the uh, t-shirt printing place. Um, uh, we're doing, we, we've done some clearing out of the second floor. We're kind of moving down onto the, into the, we're, we're staying in the basement on the main floor, but we're clearing out the second floor so that there's more rentable space in the building because we don't need all that floor. So, um, up there, I found this uh, 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 Minneapolis uh, City Pages, one of those free weekly newspapers. Uh, I don't know; I doubt it exists anymore. But back in it, this was a paper from 2016, November 2016, and it was talking about how Minnesota might be in play for Peerless Loser. And in the article, I was reading that he was he was making a stop and he was talking about replacing Obamacare and what we're going to replace it with. It's going to be so much better. There's going to be so much, uh, so many options. There's going to be so much competition. It's going to be it's going to be the best. You, you've never seen anything like it. It'll be fantastic. You know the whole Trumpisms that he does, and that was before he was elected, which he lost the popular vote. Don't let's not forget by three million votes. It's just this stupid-ass uh, electoral college uh, nonsense that just a few states, just enough votes, flipped that state so that he got the electoral uh, uh, votes that he needed. Anyway, it's just, but remember, remember the great health care system that he put up in his four years? Yeah, you don't, because he didn't. He just talked about it. Oh, it's coming. A couple weeks, a couple weeks, a couple weeks. We'll be revealing the plan. Oh, it'll be uh, two, three weeks. We'll reveal the plan. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing came. Nothing. And thank goodness we had John uh, John McCain alive and in the Senate for that first little bit when when the when the Republicans had the House, uh, or, you know, and the Senate, and they were going to kill uh, they were going to kill Obamacare, but McCain put his thumb down. McCain put his thumb down, and we and kept it from being taken away, so that people like me could have affordable health insurance, even though it's gotten a lot more expensive. <laughs> anyway, it's just I can't. So it, I I just don't get I don't get the appeal. I don't get it. All he is is grievance. All he is is just whining and complaining and 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 talking about his retributions he's going to get. If he get if he gets back in that White House, and it's and and you know I, I maybe it's hyperbole, but it's like now he ain't leave if he gets in he ain't leaving until he dies, and if he loses, which he will, right right America, it's gonna be almost as ugly as it was when he lost in 2020. The only thing is he won't have the position of being the president. He won't have that. Where you know he'll just be okay. You've lost again. Go to prison. Or go away, at least. Oh, did I get to the next break? I did get to the next break. Um, so, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. Up on the sand, up on the bay. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I got to tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And uh, well, I won't. Uh, 
I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. We're the station that beats all the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Have you uh, been enjoying the uh, progressive uh, uh, insurance bundled home and auto kind of whatever, homeowner insurance uh, 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 commercials on television? Have you been enjoying them? There's a whole bunch of them. There's the the ones with, uh, what's her name, uh, the gal, Flo, and all those characters that all wear the all white with the bib. Uh, the white, uh, not bib, but uh, apron, and they, they have all those ads, and those are funny. Uh, some are better than others, but they're pretty funny. Uh, but then there's this other run of ads, which is about homeowners insurance, and it's about um, people be, you know, turning into their parents when they become first-time homeowners. And there's this counselor fellow who is uh, working with them to, to uh, avoid becoming their parents, and then it just shows them all these youngish people uh who have have bought uh first-time home buyers and they you know they're doing these these uh uh parent type things uh, you know wearing old people clothes and acting in old people ways you know um like they're getting elevator etiquette where he's he's the counselor is working with with one fellow on the elevator and teaching him you know you don't have to Strike up a conversation with the people on the elevator. You don't need to. Where's the anybody from? Uh, where's the, where are we from? Anybody from France or so? Oh, oh you've been to France, have you? Because he's got some kind of French shirt on there. Well, bonjour, and doing these stupid dad jokes and and all that kind of shit, right? And for the most part, all these these ads are. I find them to be funny and uh, enjoyable. Once in a while, like with phone etiquette kind of thing, there's a there was something I can't remember exactly at this point, and I thought, wait a minute, that is a good idea. The, the turning into your parents, uh, the person's idea about I don't know, how to leave a message or something like that. I said, yeah, no, no, that is a pretty good idea. <laughs> you know, shut up, Mister Counselor. I think you got that wrong. Anyway, so the ads are that uh, you know the the first time homeowners here, the idea is that they're becoming out of touch, like their parents are out of touch. You know, sort of that kind of old people things. And so there's this one ad where it has this uh, uh, this fellow, uh, kind of a you know shorter kind of guy, a little chubby. You know, he's got a he's got a little bit of a beard and a mustache, and you know his dark hair, and wears glasses. You know, a little white dude that you know got the fanny pack on most of the time, wearing a comfortable sweatshirt and high-waisted pants. And uh, you know he's in several of these ads. And there's one where it's just him and the counselor, and they're in a in a they're at a deli counter. And um, uh, the 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 fellow being counseled is is turned away from somebody. There's somebody standing right behind him, and the counselor is saying, "Okay, um, there's someone standing behind you. You're going to turn. You're going to see them now. I want you to, uh, uh, you know." And you know he's trying to counsel this guy to not act poorly. The person standing behind him is actor and rapper uh, LL Cool J. You know, who's a pretty cool dude. Uh, uh, anyway, so there's LL Cool J there. And and so the counselor is trying to let the guy know when you turn around, don't don't react. He's saying, try to imagine there's a bubble around LL Cool J. And the guy turns around and it's like, oh my God, hi, how you doing? You know, starts talking to him and then ends up showing pictures on his phone of his nephew to LL and, and going all through all that, you know, taking selfies and not quite knowing how to do it and, and all that. So it's, you know, that's kind of funny. Because he, cause he, he, the guy does this, 
turn. He sees it's LL Cool J. He turns back to the counselor. He has this look on his face. Ooh, and and the counselor's saying, "Now let's you know let's imagine there's a bubble around." And then the guy turns back and starts talking to him. Right? They ignore us. That's you know it's pretty good. It's timed really well. It's kind of funny. However, I mean. It, it leaves open the rest of the ad for doing the jokes about showing pictures of his nephew and saying something. He's got a video of him here somewhere and then doing the selfie. It's got that. But it, it occurred to me that if, if, if this guy were turning into my parents, <laughs> uh, the counselor would be saying to him, okay, now there's somebody standing behind you. Uh, when you see them, you're good, and then then the guy would turn around, see LL Cool J standing there, and he would turn back to the counselor, and he'd say, "Who's that? That would be <laughs> who's that guy?" The fact that the ad has to tell you it's LL Cool J. The guy does say his name. It knows that the the advertisers know that not all the viewers are going to know that's LL Cool J by sight, so they say the name. Anyway, but I thought that would have been, it would have closed off the possibilities for the rest of the ad. Uh, but it might have been cool. To, you know, might you know, the counselor said, "Well, he's a he's a he started out you know came to fame as a rapper and he and he's and he acts now. He was in some movies. He was in uh, you know the, uh, was he in Anaconda? Was he in that movie? Anyways, he's in, he's been in movies and the, trying to explain who the guy is. But you know, my version might not have been as funny. But I have a feeling that like I said, if he had turned into my parents. He would have turned around and said, who's he? Just saying. What do we got? What have we got for time? Okay. Um, we are in uh, in an unusual winter here in the uh, Twin Cities in the upper Midwest. Uh, the south, south of us and over to the east, they're getting socked with lots of rain. And uh, the northeast is getting a bit of snow. Um, but us... Here we have, my goodness, I was telling you last week, we got through a very cold week where the temperatures didn't break a high above uh, uh, above zero too much. You know, like single digits above zero were the high temperatures. And we've been colder. We've had stretches where it's been colder, but, you know, it was it was pretty miserable. And then we knew this week coming up, it's like, it's going to be in the 30s. It's going to be in the 30s. It looks like it's April. It looks like it's early April out there. Most of the snow is gone. In fact, after the next 10 days, I'm looking at the 10-day outlook at the high temperatures for each day. The high temperature is above 35 degrees each of the next 10 days. And it'll get close to 50, I think, the 1st of February. Close to 50 here in the Twin Cities. We might even hit it. And I think we've hit 40 degrees this uh, yesterday and maybe even the day before. So we it's we are in a January thaw for sure. I mean this is this is incredible. You know, I was talking last week about the amount of snow we had last winter, and this winter it's been barely anything. The service that takes care of the walkways that my brother generously paid for, so that we wouldn't have to deal with two places to shovel. It came out once. Came out once so far this winter. Now, the winter's not over yet. We can get snow in February, obviously. We can get snow in March. We can even get snow in April. We've gotten snow in May before. But, my goodness, what we're looking at. So, I'm not complaining. I think this is pretty good for our selling of the house that, that will be easier for whoever buys it to be able to move in. They won't have to be dealing with snow. And that's kind of cool. So, my goodness. But, what's going on right now, I'm not exactly certain what day it started, What's going on right now in St. Paul is the St. Paul Winter Carnival. Every winter since 1946, uh, there's been a winter carnival, which uh, includes things of like there's a uh, there's sometimes there are, there are ice slides that uh, that you can go on. Sometimes they build ice uh, ice palaces. There's uh, always an, an ice sculpture competition, uh, and then there's the the treasure hunt. There's a medallion, a Winter Carnival medallion that uh, gets hidden somewhere on public land in the Twin Cities, or not in the Twin Cities, in St. Paul, uh, somewhere. 
uh, usually, and it's got, they'll stick it in a in a White Castle uh, hamburger box, or they'll put it in a in a in a in a, in a pop can or something, and they'll hide it somewhere. And then each day in the St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, that's a newspaper, each day uh, uh, from a couple days before the the uh, carnival starts, there will be a clue in the paper to try to you know to let you know see if you can find that treasure. Now, I've never actually looked for it. I went to school, grade school, in through high school with a gal that um, found it one year. Her, She and her uh, family were looking for it, and they found it one year. Um, so, and I think the prize is like $10,000. If you buy a Winter Carnival button, and you have that button, and it's registered, and you you, you know you have that button when you find the, uh, the medallion, you get even more, or something like that. If you find it without having the button, you get half of what the prize is or something. So... It's just, you know, they do this every year. And it's it, its roots go back to 1885. Uh, back in those days, there was an article in a, in a paper. Let's see. Do I know what this new paper it was? Well, it was a New York paper, newspaper. Some New York reporter dared uh, to describe St. Paul in, in as a, uh, uh, as a, another Siberia unfit for human habitation because we do get pretty cold and pretty snowy in the winters not this winter notwithstanding and so the uh, the uh, uh, city officials and the <clears throat> and the rich folks that lived here oh excuse me my throat's getting dry again excuse me <coughs> sorry about that I turned my head didn't cough on you mm -mm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. You know why you turn your head and cough when uh, when you're when you're a guy and the doctors you know checking your hernia. You know why they has they have you turn your head and cough. Well, they want you to cough so you have to put the pressure down there so they can feel if there's anything uh, uh, you know abnormal. Uh, so they, they that's why they want you to cough, but they want you to turn your head so you don't cough on them. That's why turn your head away from them and you cough away from them. That's why. Anyway. So the rich folks and the city officials here in, in St. Paul said, well, to heck with you, pal. We're going to have a winter carnival. As coincidence would have it, that same year, uh, 1885, uh, Montreal, up there in Canada, had a winter carnival. So so the following year, in 1886, the, uh, the, uh, the St. Paul officials decided, we're going to do this winter carnival thing. We've got that model to go by, the one they did in Montreal. So they did a winter carnival then. Now they did another three uh, before the turn of the century. There was a couple of them, uh, one in 1916 and one in 1917. And then there were a few, uh, I think, uh, starting up again in like 1937 that went through 1942. It was paused for this little thing, you know, World War II. Uh, and then once that war was resolved, it started again in 1946 and has been going till today. So... Uh, it's got all kinds of, it's like mythology to it as well. There's the royal family, the King Boreas. He's the, you know, the winter king. But then there's uh, Volcanus Rex. He's the head of the Vulcan crew. And these are the guys that bring back the warm weather. So they, they're kind of like villains, but they're still heroes because they're bringing back the warm weather. But the, the, but the royal family are kind of heroes because, hey, we persevere in winter. We actually thrive. We enjoy this. This is awesome. Yeah, give us more winter. You know, it's all this whole thing. There's parades. There's all kinds of stuff that they do. So it's going to feel weird this year because it feels like it's spring. Uh, let's see. Uh, other local news and sports ballers. You can kind of, you know, well, you know, uh, local boy uh, uh, made good. Joe Maurer has uh, been inducted into or will be inducted next year. Uh, or this later this year into the baseball hall of fame uh there's less than 300 players in that hall of fame he's joining them there's some controversy about it and i remember when joe was playing that um there was some talk in his later years before he retired and even just after he retired you know he's probably not going to go in on first ballot he should be in the hall of fame uh, because, uh, um, you know, well, there are those who say, well, he doesn't have the greatest numbers. He doesn't have high home run totals. He doesn't, he's got a good batting average, lifetime batting average of 306. That's pretty good. 
he does have three batting titles, which means that you know American League batting titles, where he um, he had the best uh, hitting average of the of the American League. So he did that three times. He's also had three Gold Gloves, uh, which is uh, awards to players who are um, uh, that show excellence in their in their fielding position. He, and and he was the uh, 2009 uh, American League multi, uh, uh, Most Valuable Player. Uh, he was an All Star six times. And and he was a catcher. For, for for most of his career, through most of these big numbers that he did. He was a catcher. So when there's uh, um, criticism that you know there are other players that aren't in the uh, aren't in the Hall of Fame that have better batting numbers, uh, better you know uh, n- higher numbers of, t- of 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 home runs and you know better all the, it, around the, that way, they weren't catchers. A catcher is a completely different position. You squat for three hours in a game. You know maybe not the whole time because you know you're not always behind the plate. But he's, you know, he did this as a catcher, and that's what made him Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, the fact that he got in on the first ballot is pretty impressive. Maybe because the field wasn't as strong as it is in some years of those players that become available to go in the Hall of Fame. But uh, I'm inclined to agree with the uh, sports analysts that's, that 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 think that he should be in there. Uh, maybe not first-time ballad, but he should be in there. He did all this good, great stuff as a catcher. Uh, the last five years of his career, he played first base. He moved behind, from behind the plate because he just, you know, his body couldn't take it anymore. So he moved on to first base, and he still, and he, and he, he had good numbers. You know, not you know, not stellar, but good. And uh, it, yeah, so congratulations, to Joe Maurer. He is from St. Paul. He's a hometown fella. There are four baseball players, Major League Baseball players, from St. Paul that are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave Winfield is in there. Uh, he was inducted in 2001. Uh, Paul Molitor, uh, he was inducted in two, 2004. And Jack Morris was inducted in 2018. And so now Joe Maurer joins them. And Joe Maurer also has a distinction of being one of three Minnesota Twins players in the Hall of Fame that have played their entire career with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, that would be um, Kirby Puckett, who was inducted in 2001, and Tony Oliva, who played before Tony, uh, before, not Tony, before Kirby, and, and retired and was, you know, out of the game long before before Kirby got in. But he he got in in 2022. So Tony Oliva and Kirby Puckett and Joe Maurer are three Minnesota Twins players in the Hall of Fame that have played with the, their entire careers with the Twins. So that's pretty cool. I think it's great. Uh, congratulations. I am so for, looking forward to baseball returning. I just can't wait. It's got to come back. Um, and before I go, <clears throat> I don't like soccer. Or as they call it in Europe, football. I don't like it. I don't know what they call it, football, but they call it football. I don't like soccer. My And my wife was trying to convince me not to like soccer, but to watch this documentary series called Welcome to Wrexham, which I would mistakenly call Rexit because I was combining the name of the town Wrexham, which is in Wales in the UK. Uh, I think that Wales is part of the UK. <laughs> Over there, next to England land. So... Uh, uh, or British land, or Britain land, or what do I call it? Anyway, so uh, um, I I was combining the name Wrexham with Brexit, and so anyway, this I, I'm not going to spoil all, all this the series. I'm not going to let you know what happens. And it's two seasons so far. The th- a third season is coming. Uh, it's two Hollywood dudes, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. I think I got the name right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is from Hollywood movies, and uh, and Rob McElhaney was in the show, uh, or um, it's always sunny in, Phil- uh, in Philadelphia. That show, which I've not seen, but I'm told I should watch. Well, these two guys decided to team up and buy a soccer team, become the I think they're the, the principal owners, uh, or the only two owners of this soccer team in Wrexham, Wrexham Dragons, I think they're called. And this team has a history. It's, been, it's got like the oldest stadium in Wales. Uh, they they 
the way they do their soccer thing is that uh, there are levels like a pyramid going up there are levels where there's the amateur teams and some of those as, as those teams win their their perspective levels they can level up to the next level and then and then they get them into uh, a, a level that's uh, professional but not highly paid uh, and if they and if a team can win that level they get they level up as well into another uh, strata and it keeps going up you keep leveling up well the team that they had had been in this one level that's just kind of stuck in that level for like 14 years or something uh where they're just at it's the it's the first level in which it's considered professional where they're getting paid but they're not getting paid much and then that's the that's the last of these the the amateur professional levels that then there's a there's a cutoff mark where they go up even farther getting paid even more and work their way up to the top that kind of thing they level up that's the whole idea so they they were stuck in this one level that they were getting paid but it wasn't quite up into the like would be the major leagues up there they're in the they're sort of like the minor leagues level and they they even though they're getting paid but the, the next level up is considered part of the major leagues i guess uh is how you'd say it and you can still level up even higher in those to the next level uh, uh above and there so like i don't know how many layers it goes up from there like three another three or four layers this team was stuck in this one. They needed to, you know, and they couldn't, you know, for years they just couldn't win it enough games to win that league to get up and level up. So these guys bought this team, determined to get them to go up. And it's, my, my wife talked me into watching it. She had to convince me. She said, you know, you'll like it. It's good. It's compelling. And it's all that. And it is. You get to meet the, you know, the, the two owners, you know, Rob and, and Ryan. They're interesting characters, although I, I would start calling them the bicep boys. Because the two of them, <clears throat> upper body strength, my goodness, they, just, they put their they cross their arms across each other, sitting next to each other, and it's just, they're just biceps and triceps and forearms and you know just look in the shoulders and all. That. So my goodness, you know, I remember, you know, John Wayne didn't look like that, but John Wayne was, you know, in you know for for much of his earlier career, he was an in shape guy. William Holden, you know, the 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 old look of men in films when they take their shirt off was they were toned. But they weren't hard cut, and they weren't just just massive arms guys. And that seems to be the way it is now. You got to be massive arms guys. You got to look like superhero characters, which Ryan Reynolds has played some superhero character characters. He played Deadpool. Uh, he played Green Lantern. Anyway, and then there's this, the townspeople that they they focus on. Some of them are very interesting and they, they're uh, likable characters. And then there's the, the team players that they they that we get to meet, and we get to see some very thrilling and compelling soccer parts of it. You know, you get to see the the the, the goals and you know, all the good parts of soccer. You get to see that, and it gets to be pretty you know compelling. And, and 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 the the whole environment of going to see a soccer game over there—it's chanting and singing and jumping and just you know, especially if your team's winning, it's just it's just this this whole like the crowd is entertaining itself as the game is going on, you know. So it, the game almost seems incidental, but it's not because well you know, the crowd's reacting to what's happening on the field, and it's just you know it's just thrilling and it's like that would be a blast to be in there with the crowd watching this game. While they're winning, it'll be fun because it's of how they are. Now, they touch on the hooliganism thing. That's uh, these younger guys that just, uh, I don't know, that uh, cause trouble with uh, visiting fans and other, you know, they get in fights and cause problems. They do touch on that a little bit. I don't know if it's as big a problem as it used to be, but it's, you know, back in the 80s, it got to be quite bad. So, <clears throat> just watching... You know the advances and the setbacks and the successes and the failures and and all the stuff that's going on in the lives of the people around there. It's it's it, it is a fascinating series. It's two seasons. I'm not letting you know what happens in them, but the third season is coming, and uh, it's it's worth watching. Uh, it's just it's very compelling. And having watched that series, I still hate soccer. Good night, Adolfo. Good night. Anyway, so that's the end of another Dimland Radio. Uh, you've gotten through another one. 
Uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the house situation. Uh, anyway, um, remember to be skeptical and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim uh, Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.